It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's up, Headspacers? It is another episode of Headspace. This is episode number 11, y'all. 11, wow. 11. And I am excited today. Y'all wonder why I'm excited? There's a, a plethora of reasons why I'm excited. A copious plethora. plethora. A copious plethora. <laughs> Bringing out the big words The early. big words. Mrs. Traeger's yes. English class in high school, right? Oh, my goodness. Because tomorrow marks the first day of Aries season. Oh, oh boy. boy. I thought he was going to say something. <laughs> Listen, I thought, you Really? Know. <laughs> the first day of Aries season. We, we Pisces have just passed the torch. You're welcome. Well, we're the first ones of the, oh. the whole, so we started it. Okay. Oh, wow. As a Scorpio, I'm going to just sit here and let y'all have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably should. You, you probably should. Right. And, you know, for the saints out there, I get it. Yeah. I want you to know we don't go deep into the... No. I don't really know, but there's... I, I do, when I get some spare time, I want to do a little bit of studying, though, on that. Mm-hmm. Because I do find it fascinating that people tend to be their side. You, like you, you tend to be aligned with what the things are said about you. It is, so there has to be that. something about it. Yeah. Um, that's I'm not, not the issue. <laughs> you know that's not the issue. The issue is when you're using the... Well, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> That's a whole nother... Anyway, uh, Aries yeah. season starts tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you know, so those of us just know that the true, true fire signs, we are we are ready is, to roll. Is that why you got the Ram shirt on today? That's why I got the Ram oh, shirt on today. I understand. Makes, Makes sense, right? Considering yeah. I have two two areas in my life that you are already very understand dear, then. dear to me, I, I definitely You understand. get it. You get yes. it. You get how You get how we roll, so... Anyway, we are excited about um, first day of spring is a couple days as well. Spring is sprung, although that means that in a <clears throat> in a few short weeks we will have those seventeen year cicadas. Oh, oh let's not go there. Yeah, mm. so I'm hoping have... they forget and don't come. This year. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to inform you that apparently on the news we're going to be the epicenter. The epicenter I saw of that. Yeah, I, I saw that. You know what? How many of y'all when you saw that you kind of. I actually went back to arachnophobia, where like the one little town was the hub of the the, uh-huh. the big spider outbreak, right? right. And I'm just like, is that going to be like what it's going to be like? Maybe the coronavirus would would shift the atmosphere, <laughs> and therefore they like not come. I'm thinking maybe they won't come. I like that thought. Enough, yeah, enough, enough of y'all think that maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Let's get that energy going. We're gonna keep that energy going. See, these are the things that we discuss, y'all, on Headspace with Doctor Mike. Anyway, we got a, a big show planned ahead of you, as always. We're going to be celebrating some things. We're actually going to be um, getting some insight on some things. Um, we do have to pause for a couple minutes and just reflect on uh, the shooting down in Atlanta. Absolutely. Um, this whole situation, uh, it's, just, it's just unfortunate, regardless of who is involved. But then when you add the element of what it is, uh, so just... Uh, those who have been impacted by this. And I want to make sure I reiterate that um, we at Headspace with Dr. Mike stand in total solidarity with our Asian-American and Pacific Islander brothers and sisters, as we do with everybody. 
Uh, but we just want to make sure we acknowledge that as well. And I think you, you'll probably talk a little bit more about that Absolutely. in a few moments. But um, anyway, with that being said, I'll tell you what. Let's go into a little heads up. We're going to actually do that um, real quick because <clears throat> here in Elevation Global Media, Elevation Global Media Group, yesterday they celebrated the ribbon cutting. So it's officially open. So congratulations, Cassandra Ferguson and your team. Congratulations. <clears throat> and we are actually sitting in the... Zelda Pollock recording studio. Uh, there's an awesome story. You'll have to, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, y'all. Allergy season. Allergies. We're going to have cicadas. Y'all better, better <laughs> take your elderberry syrup. It's getting real. It's a lot going on. <laughs> um, we're sitting in the Zelda Pollock, and you'll have to hear that part of it. Elevation will tell the story about how it became named that. But, you know, one of the things that kind of, I was thinking about as they were celebrating and they had the ribbon cutting and that sort of thing was the power of support, you know, just being there to support people. Right. And um, so to get that started, I want to reflect on Capital One does these series of commercials during the um, March Madness time with Samuel Jackson, Hilarious. Charles Barkley. Yes. Um, there was one particular commercial where they were driving all through the night and they ended up in Annapolis and he was, um, Charles Barkley was the driver, and he was like, we're here, da-da-da. And they were like, why are we in Annapolis? He said, that's where we need to go for the stuff. They said, no, it's Indianapolis. <laughs> and he thought it was in the Annapolis. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was just, you know, crazy. So if you've caught those Capital One commercials, you'll kind of laugh. Well, anyway, there was one that came on last night that was hilarious to me. They all showed up at Larry Bird's house. And they came up with 5,000 ways to incorporate Bird into the word. So they're like, we're at the birdhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Larry Bird was washing his hands and he was like, bird bath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then at some point they were, you know, they were being silly and stuff. And Larry Bird said, You guys are bird brains. And that was that was funny to me. Right. So I'm gonna play a game with y'all. Okay. All right. Here we go, Chris. Uh -oh. <laughs> Talking about support, what are different words that you can make out of support? All right. So support what? Um, what's what's one word you think of? Support family. Support family. Got it. What you got? Oh, support friends. Support friends. Okay. All right. I was thinking about support hoes. Right? Support you know? who? Support hoes. Ho Panty hoes. <laughs> support. H-O-S-E. Panty hoes. hoes. Okay. Right? What else we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, support small businesses. Okay. All right. I, I got one. Can I Support uh -huh. yourself. Support yourself. Okay. I was thinking more like support class. Okay. I was honestly, I was worried when you started this because I thought we were going to have to use the letters and make other words. When uh, like, that's another game. We'll all do I that got another is day. Top. <laughs> support top, right? That's support, right? Oh, yeah, yes. Support top. And so when you think about it, though, a lot of times I think you ask the question, why is it that people have a hard time supporting? Right? You know, there's an expression out there, you know, sometimes people are like crabs in a barrel. When one gets all the way to the top, you know, we've heard that expression before, right? Sure. Like support is really something that you want start wondering, why is there not more support, right? And one of the things I think that comes to mind is the fact that being support is not a glamorous job, you know? Being support, like when you think of the things that support, like support hoes, support briefs, support, you know, tops, they have dirty jobs, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're not there, to like be, be pronounced and be glamorous. Right. They're mm -hmm. there 
to do just that, to support things, to keep things in, in place, right? Mm -hmm. To keep things in position, to make life easier for whatever it is that they're, you, you get what I'm saying? I'm mm -hmm. a preacher, y'all, so you know, you gotta, you gotta give me my amens today. Yes. Amen. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanna make sure that we're thinking about when we talk about the power of support <clears throat> is making sure we clear up those misconceptions. And think about the fact that, you know, if you need support in different things, right, what is it that you need? You need someone to lift your hands up when you're tired, right? You need someone who can do the legwork when you're not being able to do it. And so one of the things I want to make sure we're thinking about is who are we supporting, right? And what does that support look like? Um, there is definitely power in support because, you know, at the end of the day, right, while it may not be glamorous, it's very, um, it's very important, right? And so that was just a thought that kind of came to my mind as I was talking about um, <clears throat> my heads up for today. Nothing real deep or anything like that, but just really thinking about the power of support and what role that we can play in supporting other people, right? And so, you know, with that, I want to acknowledge my support team, right? I'm looking at three of them right now in this room for in different ways that you have, in ways that you didn't even know that you have been holding me up, right? Just by saying yes to do this was something. Then I think of Kendra, I think of Darius, I think of Kim, mm -hmm. I think of Shavela, right? Who behind the scenes, you know, Christine, right? Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes, all of y'all, you know, I know y'all are listening. You know, let us know that you're listening. The thing about it is um, I, I appreciate your support. And what I do know as a person who tries to support as well, and I, I'm not the best at it, but I try my best to be, you know, as better at it. Um, I do know that there are benefits that do come along with it. And you don't always see them right away. Mm -hmm. But, you know, me being in this position now is because of being a person that supported others, right? Absolutely. And so with that being said, I just want you all to be encouraged by the power of support. What you got for us, Garrett? 2020 gave birth to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man Garrett Brace is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit them up at G Walt Services on Instagram. Remember, G Walt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So I think we got a little bit of head notes. What we got? Uh, a little bit? Uh, Mike, <laughs> let's see. Uh -oh. Let me let me get out my long list of okay. All right, all right, all right. So let's we're gonna start unfortunately with the, the shootings in Atlanta. Mm. My my goodness. First of all, my mom called me. Mm. She she is CNN, the breaking news person. <laughs> she called me like, Chris, mm. did you hear? I'm like, what happened? And so she told me what was going on. And so of course I tuned in to see what was going on. And I I just I just all you can do is just shake your head. I mean, yeah. it just, it we get a little bit of a reprieve, and I do mean a little bit of a reprieve, and then something else happens. And I know we, and I say we as a community of, you know, African Americans, as well as we as a community, you know, society, are typically used to hearing about this type of uh, violence happening against African Americans mm -hmm. or Muslim Americans mm -hmm. and you know even Jewish Americans, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we we hear that, but this was a different this is a different angle, mm -hmm. right? And 
not that these things haven't happened before, mm -hmm. or the Asian community, Asian American community hasn't experienced this type of racism before, but it was just a, a you know, it was just a, a bright, you know, light that is just shining on what was going on in their community. And the, the more and more they are being affected by the climate of our of our society. And so it's very, very sad. I saw I saw a meme the other day and it talked about, you know, a stop Asian hate, right? Totally in support of that. But somebody else said, no, it really, let's drill down to what the real issue is. Let's stop domestic terrorism. Like that is the issue. That's the, the root of what's going on, the hate, you know, that's, that's rooted in that. So we just, again, Mike, you mentioned it in the beginning of the show, we just send our prayers, love and support to those affected, and we stand in solidarity with the community, the Asian American community, and and unfortunately, we know what you're going through, and we want to be of support to you. Yeah. So maybe in the future we can have somebody from the community come on and talk about what steps they're taking to mm -hmm. you know to move forward from this. All right, let's let's switch gears a little bit and go to the Grammys last week. <laughs> oh, the Grammys! First of all, let me just say. I have really been impressed with how the uh, different, you know, they've they've decided to hybrid approach to these award shows and mm -hmm. stuff and just how it's brought out creativity, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm pretty sure we will eventually go back to the big thing in the Staples Center, but just some of the things that they were able to do was kind of fascinating. And I really, I love Trevor Noah as oh, the, the host. That I mean, opening he was, monologue. I mean, yeah. you know, what it took to pull that off just to, just to be able to walk and talk. You yes. Just, I was just about to say, yes. he walked that whole... Yeah. And, and kept his eyes on the yep. camera. Yep. And, oh, my goodness. Brother I was like, please that. don't trip, yeah. brother. Please yeah. don't trip. Right. Yeah. And, and shouts out to the cameraman, too. And, oh, yes. you know, on the audio video side, Garrett, shouts out to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? For not falling down and keeping Trevor in, in right. frame the whole time. Right. Yes. Right. It's bravo right. for the behind-the-scenes crew. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of these performances and... Okay. Uh, well, we had a whole uh, conversation before the show aired about. We'll, we'll start. Uh, let me. Uh, Maybe we need two hours. So we need ah! the first hour of the pre show recorded. Right. And then, you know. Yeah, because if y'all get the pre show, because we do have a pre show. So that... Let's first celebrate Beyonce for. My goodness. That was I incredible. Mean, that was yeah. phenomenal. Whatever you, don't, whatever you don't like about her, you have to give her props where props do. And listen. I'm not a part of the Beehive. I, sure. I mean, I love, I appreciate her. I respect sure. her. She's an excellent musician and dancer and all of that artist. Right. Sure. But I'm not like a Beyonce fan. Sure. Fan. But I had, to, I was like, hats off, sis. Yeah. You did that. You yeah. did that. Yeah. If you've heard Drake's new song, he has a line and he said, if you have a problem with me, you got to walk around it. And that's what you got to do with Beyonce. Yep. She comes <laughs> to Queen B. If you got a problem with it, just walk around it. Yep. Because she is what she, she is. Because she's supposed to be. That's yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So so now let's talk about uh, the Cardi B and Meg the Meg what's her name Megan the the Stallion yeah that's that's her performance Meg yeah. the Stallion Megan well let's if, if you're familiar her success story I, I am so I'm so impressed with her success story I think yeah. it's I thought her acceptance speech was great absolutely I'm always a fan when they give acknowledge to God you know I always that just always wins me over right there so mm -hmm. you know that's that's the preacher in me uh -huh, so uh -huh. <laughs> but I mean I just I have to give her credit. Again, she's another one. You gotta give her credit where credit is due. Yeah. She came on the scene and, and did that thing and yeah. made and made a viral. You know, I think about the um, what's that the ratchet song with the, all the TikToks yeah. made about it mm -hmm. and 
you know, I mean. She's a hard worker. Yeah. So how hard. hard did she work in the performance? I did not see it. I've, I've just heard about oh, it. Oh, you you didn't see it, Chris, but, I didn't you, see but you've seen it. Uh, okay. Trust me. Okay. You've seen it. Michael, is it something that I would have enjoyed if I saw it? Oh, you ain't getting me in that one. <laughs> You ain't, I tried. I tried. Did you, you see that? that? I threw it up there for the alley oop. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to dump. You ain't give me that one. So, so I will say this. I'm not a fan. Of, I, I, I sound like a hater, don't I? But I'm not a fan of them either. Uh, I, I thought that the beginning of the performance, you know, it, it was ratchet. Okay. You know, it was what she sings about, raps about. Uh, but I thought there was some artistic value to it as well. Sure. Like they, I, I definitely saw that in there. And uh, I, I pretty much watched it fully because not because I was interested, but because I'm a part of this program and I wanted to be able to speak on it. Yeah. Uh, but the bed scene, that's mm. what took me out. I was like, oh. Yeah, there was oh, a lot. We're, we're gonna have oh. to unpack that another day. Yeah. We didn't even get. To, oh my goodness, we didn't even get to Kurt Franklin. Well, we're gonna get to talk about that in a few moments anyway. Yes. yes. You so know, because we'll, we actually have a guest that's gonna be coming on in a moment. Absolutely. Uh, to kind of talk through that. But yeah, Kirk Franklin, man. Oh my gosh. That that took the whole week, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Go ahead, Garrett. We invite you to become a sponsor of the Headspace with Dr. Mike show. There are a few amazing reasons for you to become a sponsor. Your sponsorship will help fund future programs and special events. And as a special thank you for your contribution, you will receive a special gift. We will announce safe and secure ways you can sponsor the show soon. Thank you in advance for your support. So as you alluded to it, uh, Christy, we, um, you know, for those that aren't familiar, there was a situation where uh, Brother Kirk Franklin, the Kirk Franklin, right? Um, <clears throat> he had a altercation with his son on the phone. He had a human moment. By the way, his son is in his 30s. Good girl. So this is not a... This is, to be clear, this wasn't, you know, just a little kid, you know, Mike, little Mike's age, right? This mm-hmm. was a grown man in his own habitat and all that stuff. And apparently, Kurt Franklin felt disrespected. Uh-huh. And um, he made it known how disrespected he was, but the son decided to record it and release it to the public. Uh-huh. And so, of course, you have this man, this gospel artist. He made it more than, I mean, he made it known in a very... Uh secular way that yeah. he was feeling yeah. disrespected. Yeah. Let's just yeah. say that. I mean, he did. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, we've shared in private, like, you know, first of all, Chris and I both are raising man, man-childs. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so we, you know, there's this, that testosterone, I tell you, that testosterone gets there and, you know, it, it does what it does. And so, you know, we fe- we have our own opinion about it. Yeah. Like, we have our opinions. You, you get us on the side. We can talk about opinions. But what it did, you know, because T- Tamron Hall did a um, episode and it was really good because it allowed Kirk and uh, Tammy to kind of reflect on what was going on and kind of set the record straight. And one of the things they commented on was that they have been in therapy as a family. So this is this outburst was not necessarily a new outburst, but it was just it hadn't been, you know, it was they were trying to handle it in private. Mm-hmm. So in talking with our production team, we decided, you know what, we can give our opinion, but... Here at Headspace, we're like, you know what? Let's let's get some facts on the table. Let's kind of get an understanding of what's going on. And then from there, we can make decisions about where we're going to move forward with it. So, uh, Christy, you were able to actually talk with our next guest, Dr. Tanya Phillips. Yes. Dr. Phillips, are you there? Um, 
I am. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Good morning. Thank you for coming on. We are so appreciative of you coming on with us today for a few moments. And for for a couple of seconds, just let the let the audience know what exactly you do in the area of family therapy, family counseling, that sort of thing. Okay. My name is Dr. Tanya Phillips by way of education. I am a licensed clinical social worker, and I have a private practice where I specialize in um, care of individuals as well as family systems, and we provide psychotherapy and, and intervention to help families function at a higher level of functioning and being. Very good. So now, are you familiar with the uh, the Kirk Franklin? Ba- you know, based off of you, I'm, not, I'm sure you don't have his his clinical files and that sort of thing. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I I have been tracking the social media dialogue. Okay, <laughs> all right. So first of all, I, I want to just know this: How common is are situations like this? Sadly, unfortunately, this is very common, okay. and and I think um, our current pandemic is just highlighting a lot of the internal happenings that are existing within family systems. Okay. 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 So talk to us a little bit about this. Like, so you have a situation like what we we've seen on social media, you have this family that kind of comes to you or you've even been working with, how do you go about working with a family through some, some of these challenges? Um, you know, I, I am a behavioral kind of therapist as well as a systems ther- therapy therapist. And I understand that families are complex and unique in terms of the various levels of functioning um, within family systems. I think the first thing that needs to happen with this family is to set some rules of engagement. Um, that would be the first step that I would take to discuss alternatives to how we handle conflict how we level our expectations amongst the family um, and be able to identify what the goals are for this family. What do you suspect are some of the, the underlying issues that kind of cause this, this outburst? Well, I can only speculate sure. just based on, you know, as we all can, sure. but, you know, based on what we know is that this has been very longstanding. Okay. Um, there are several issues that does not sound like they've been flushed out and resolved. And there is a level of, it sounds that there's a level of expectation um, that all parties are not in agreement with, um, with expectation. Okay. You know, when we look at families, we look at, um, because my family and I, we've had a lot of dialogue around this. And there, if for each level of a child's development and stage of development, parents have to change. I, I can't parent a two-year-old the same way that I would parent a 35-year-old. Mm. So we have to establish some expectations in the level of our communication. That's good. That's good. Dr. Phillips, it's Christy. Thank you again for coming on. Hi, Christy. Okay, so I have a quick question about the the next step that both the son and Kirk Franklin have taken in this. First, you know, he obviously released the audio, the audio tape, and Kirk Franklin has gone on Tamron Hall, like uh, Mike discussed, and he and his wife have discussed it publicly because it's now public. But do you, what are your what are your thoughts on that action? Do you feel as though that was a good step to take? Was it just to, you know, save his reputation? Uh, do you feel like it's doing any uh, help for his situation or even for other those other people who find themselves in similar situations? 
Well, again, I can only speculate. I think it only because we know what we what we have heard is that this has been a long-standing issue, and it has come public because it was released public, right? So then there needed to be some damage control and cleanup to suggest, you know, these are the things that we're doing. I'm excited. I am excited for the mere fact that he did indicate that we are, have been, and plan to continue family therapy. Um, I'm also excited that it has raised the lens that this is the reality and we need to have these crucial conversations around family functioning. I think where I hurt is that there is a lot of dialogue and talk as if this is okay, as if this is norm normalized, as if this is not abusive language. And this is very much not the truth. I'm kind of glad you went there because I'm sure all of us have seen the dialogue about, you know, well, you know, he's grown and he came came for his dad in a certain way. So what what do you see that, that where do you see the downfalls in both on both sides? Um, I see the downfalls as an inability to emotionally regulate. And what that means is when I am angry, when I have reached my peak of frustration, I, parent or child, I then have a responsibility to establish a boundary that does not push me to a place that I become dysregulated. Dysregulated. Right? Woo, that, yeah, that word right there. <laughs> what does that mean, dysregulated? Emotionally dysregulated simply means that I no longer have control. My homeostatic okay. functioning, meaning my thermostat internally, has reached a level of explosion where I am not functioning at my optimal performance. Ah. Some people, uh, Doctor, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. This is Chris. Um, some people would, would argue the fact that Kirk was absolutely operating at optimal performance at, time, at that time because... Part of the, the conversation is that we don't hear what his son says to him. We know that, that he's reacting in a certain way, but we don't, we, don't, we don't hear what he says to him. So while he's trying to regulate, I mean, I think we all have fallen short of being able to regulate your emotional temp I mean, your emotional temperature. So absolutely, you know, absolutely. So because we're talking about human nature, mm -hmm. but where we talk about the dysregulation. I will break your neck. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I, 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 as a parent, and as a parent who, who who has been threatened by their mother and their father, I think that when you say things like that, I, I, I think context is is paramount paramount to the conversation. And I understand that you're saying you're actually threatening to physically harm somebody and potentially kill him, but that's also Figurative, in as much as that, I'm talking to you on the phone. I, certainly, I can't break your neck because my hands aren't there. That is to let you know. Speaking as a father who has two sons, I, I, there are certain times that what I say is to let you know what I'm feeling, even though that may not be the personification that I'm really trying to get across. But who then gets to interpret that? Who gets to decide if your your inability to express that? Because the underlying emotion, the, the front emotion that we see is anger. The underlying emotion, anger is a secondary emotion. The underlying emotion is hurt, betrayal, you know, because you did not obey or you did not respect me. But how do the child, and I, I'm acting as if this is a child at this point and not a 33-year-old that we were speaking of, you know, in this context. But how does the child really, really articulate whether or not you are indeed dangerous or not? 
Uh, I think that's the problem. I don't think we can do that in this situation. He's talking to a 33-year-old man. Um, I do understand what you're saying. If he was talking to a child, but he wasn't. And again, we don't hear the demands. The other, he's challenging him as a man first of all, because before, even we're parents, but we're people first, like you said, and we're, it's a human issue. So if a man challenges you as a man, period, there's going to be certain reactions that you take, and then you, like you said, you add to the pain and the hurt that the fact that. You're not even listening to me. You're not obeying me. You're not doing as I ask or tell you to do. There's, there's, there's a lot there. Are you suggesting, Dr. Phillips, that perhaps some of this was results of what happened earlier on in, in the relationship with between the son and, and the, Mr. Franklin? Perhaps. I am suggesting that this is a direct result of unresolved issues. I get it. Right. Because if we if we could set boundaries and rules for engagement early on, right, there are rules to communicating. Mm -hmm. There are rules to um, how we function and how we exist and how we be. Mm. And I think that, you know, I, I, I'm big in teaching that respect must be a mutual mm. component in all relationships. Mm. The hierarchy is not the only person worthy of respect. Indeed. Oh, absolutely. I definitely agree with you that. You know what, Dr. Phillips, thank you so much for taking some time. And, you know, I, I'm going to say on behalf of, you know, on the, first of all, thank you, because what, what you basically did was just took a case study. Like, we, we don't really know all the facts, so thank you right. very much for, thank you, for, for doing this. We really do appreciate this. And what you did do, though, was you raised in me the desire to, first of all, we want to have you back so that we can kind of flesh this out on a more generalized, so we... You know, we don't necessarily talk about Kirk Franklin because there is a stigma, particularly in the African-American community, about, you know, not going to therapy and, and, and getting things like this resolved, so to speak. So would you be willing to come back at some point? We, we can kind of set that up in the future and Absolutely. get you to come back. Awesome. Because I really I really do appreciate what you had to say. And thank you so much for taking some minute, some a moment of your your Saturday with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate the thank time. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Dr. Phillips. Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head -head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. Have Dr. Phillips back, Absolutely. and I got I got some more questions I need to ask her about helping me raise my sons. There it is, there <laughs> it is, there it is. So, you know, one of the things that she did bring up was uh, that um, during the the time of COVID, <clears throat> there have been situations that have been uh, I can never say this word right, but exacerbated. Exacerbating. There it is, and um, so things have just kind of come up. You mm -hmm. know, like they we did a good job of you know kind of dealing with it or acting like they didn't exist. Yeah. And um, one of those issues is also um, recognizing, you know, various you know, organizations kind of some, some issues that they had have kind of, you know, been exposed, right? And then even in people, mm -hmm. right? People in, in their career pathing and, and just also how they view their work. And, you know, basically the idea of um, I was doing it this way for so long it was working, now what? Right. Oh my gosh. It's, it's 
And many people didn't hit a subtle stop. It was a hard, hard stop, stop, right? Absolutely. And uh, our next guest, I'm really excited about you all meeting. Uh, It goes by the name of Angela Augustus. Angela, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Uh, So excited about talking with you a little bit. You are... Uh, the one of the um, co-founders of CMAG and Associates. Uh, yes, tell us a little bit about CMAG and Associates. What exactly? Uh, what exactly do you all do? Absolutely. So CMAG and Associates is actually one of the businesses that my business and partner and I own. It's our flagship business. That's a consulting firm that works with companies to assist with strategic planning, um, executive coaching. We do a lot of leadership development work. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training and work with different companies. So we do a a lot of different work and have some really great partnerships to do that. Um, And then we have branched out and started some other businesses. We also own CMAG Health Solutions and CMAG Cleaning as well. Oh, wow. Cool. So how have you been able to reinvent or pivot your business model during COVID-19? Absolutely. So you know, we've been doing this work, not only helping ourselves, right, but also helping other organizations to really think about it. And so to really hit home what I I believe it really takes to continue and to try to pivot or really to think about the three P's. There's pivoting, persistence, and being present. So, you know, and granted, without really having to go into detail, our Heavenly Father is the foundation of all of it, right? Mm -hmm. But to really be able to focus and think through how we can pivot, and as you were saying, and as we were leading in, recognizing what's working, what's not working, Mm -hmm. and really being present with the needs of the community or the needs of the folks that you're already working with, Mm -hmm. and then really being persistent, following through, making sure you're putting things in place, as an organization so that as you're pivoting and as you're doing this new work, you're looking at regulations, you're developing new policies, you're thinking through how to use the strengths of your team so that you can do that work and they don't feel like you're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're not doing that anymore, we're doing this. Because that then makes your staff feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's how we have sort of tackled this and also how we've worked with other teams to tackle this work. So what are some of the things that you've been seeing? Because, you know, we, you know, a lot of our listeners are individuals, right? Uh, many, some mm-hmm. of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them, you know, are people who may, you know, they may run um, organizations or they may be people who just are participating in organizations. What are some things that you've been seeing on the individual level that have kind of been showing up, you know, particularly these last 12 months? So some of the major things is, of course, the the concern about where we're going to go, what we're going to do, security, you know, when you start thinking about that uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like everybody wants to feel secure in their home, secure in their work. And so as individuals, and this is some of the work that we work with, even on our team, making sure that people understand and being transparent about what's going on, educating people so that they understand what's happening, um, really addressing some of the mental health needs even. You know, the the person that you just had on hit so many amazing points about the needs in the community, about the mental health. I don't think we've really even scratched the surface 
of the mental health impact that this last 12 months is having and has had on our community in general. And as leaders, whether it's leaders in your community, leaders in your organization, it's important to think about that. Going back to that idea of, you know, pivot persistence and presence, being present with your team to recognize that people are scared. People are, you know, thrown off of their foundation and and people are struggling financially. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, really being present with folks is such an important part of leadership in general, but I think especially now. Wow. You know, I appreciated that you brought up Maslow's and I apologize for, for going off of the script a little bit with this, but you brought up something really interesting that um, would you say that, you know, people that may have before COVID been at that, headed towards a self-actualization piece, are you yeah. finding that those even some of those people are back at the basic, you know, basic physiological stage or even the security uh, part of the, of the hierarchy? So in full disclosure, uh-huh. <laughs> I am not a clinician. So sure, sure. This is just you know, my, my take on it. Sure. But yes, I mean, I've seen quite a few people who had really great jobs mm-hmm. and a home and a nice car and the family was taking vacations and all these different things that their security, whether it is actually like physically lost homes or lost cars or lost jobs or the fear of it, because mm-hmm. security is not just always about what you have and don't have. Yeah. Physically, it's also about what you're afraid of losing, right? That's right. And so a lot of people have really been shook up by this, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's also why the entrepreneurial community is continuing to grow in a very different way mm-hmm. because people are like, wait a minute, I had all my eggs in one basket mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is not mm. the way I need to do this, right? And so there's there's definitely, I think, an impact that people have felt their ground shake. It's almost like we've had an emotional earthquake, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, wait, that bookshelf wasn't as stable as I thought it was Mm -hmm. because now it's on the floor. Mm -hmm. So how do I solidify things in a way that I don't have to worry as much? And, And that's what businesses are doing. That's what people are doing. And it's a necessity in where we are right now. This is this is this is this is right up my alley. So I, I I'm I'm sitting here like a man, a kid in a candy shop because this is I mean this is really so so true, um, because we're we're seeing some things because we're seeing the clashing of generationals right generational approaches to work, yeah. um, you know because you had uh, your traditionalist and your baby boomer who really was big into the whole you have this solid job. Uh, because you got these benefits, you have all, you know, you have this this security, and then you get into the younger Gen Xers, millennials, even Gen Zers, who were like, oh, multiple streams of income, right? Or, or multiple right. jobs. Multiple jobs, they yeah. They bounce around, they don't stay at one job for yeah. an elongated period of time now. It's like, uh, I'll stay for six months, but I found another place, or I found uh-huh. another place. Uh-huh. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And, the, and those generational gaps also present themselves in, the shift to using technology in a very different way. Wow. You know, you have, you know, people who are 
leaders in the community, but may not be really like they have a team that handles their technology, you uh -huh. know, but they're not really at the forefront of it. Uh -huh. And having to shift in how they work, shift in how they lead, working with a team, you know, people who traditionally were anti teleworking, yeah. who have been thrown into it, yep. you know, because they felt like if I can't see you, then you're not working. Mm -hmm. So you have people that had that kind of mindset that have been forced to shift. So now you have people, it's like, okay, how do I lead? And I don't see my team. How do I lead? How do I coach and do it virtually? How do I, you know, so there's a lot when I, when I talk about pivoting, you know, as a previous, not so good basketball player, <laughs> pivoting is a big part of basketball. You know, you have that one foot that's grounded, right? But you got to be able to move everything else. So you don't lose your foundation. You just need to learn how to move around so that you can see what you need to see, so that you can protect the ball, so that you can get the ball to your teammates and all those things. Like, that's what pivoting is about. It doesn't mean you just jump and move. It means you take your foundation and you turn them. Oh, doctor, that was that was that was. Mm. Yeah, I can I can totally identify with that, and especially trying to teach kids, how, teach people how to pivot. They can't do it, and it's a no. it's a tough thing. Wow, it is. So what what is one lesson that you would give um, to our listeners who are really struggling with that whole pivot concept, or or they want to be better at that pivoting? What what is one thing that you maybe would suggest to them um, that they could start you know doing you know on their part? Absolutely. So one of the things, and this is, it actually is something that we're trying to put together ourselves is connecting with like-minded people. Mm. You know, I think, you know, there's a, a TD Jakes did a whole thing on um, giraffes and, and, mm -hmm. and turtles. And when you're a giraffe, it's important to recognize that if you talk to a turtle, they don't see the world the way you see it. So it's kind of hard because they're, they, even though they may love you, you know, and they, they, they see like, whoa, dude, you about to step on something, you know, so they're good. They're, they're, it's not that they don't have a place, but when you're a giraffe, you need to talk to giraffes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so really connecting people. And so we're actually working on developing a mastermind group and just pulling together business owners, leaders in the community to just talk through what are you doing? How have you been pivoting? How can you pivot? Um, there's, a lot of work that's already being done. I, I did this work actually as a volunteer with Loyola University. They called us crisis navigators. So we we all volunteered our time and worked with other organizations to help them try to rethink what you do and to be relevant and present in what the needs of the community are. And, and so bringing together folks to do that kind of work together and support each other, I think that there's there's still so much room and need for that amongst the business community to do that kind of work. Wow. Wow. We're going to have to definitely have you come back on at some point in the future. But in the meanwhile, how can uh, people find out about your mastermind group and or some of the other work that you're doing, Angela? Absolutely. So um, they can, of course, call the CMAG office, 410-517-CMAG. 
Okay. Um, it took a lot to get that number. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I use it all the time. Five one seven C Um, of course we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my email. If someone wanted to just email me directly is Angela at CMAG and associates.com. All right. Uh, and is spelled out CMAG and yep. associates.com. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and uh, work on Absolutely. that pivot. All right. Protect the ball while you pivot. Protect the ball. <laughs> there you go. Protect the ball while you pivot. That's the next book. That's the next book. All right. All right. You guys have a good day. You Take as care. well. Focused on photo, versed in video. For Any Media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, Any Media. For Any Media, for anything. Contact us so we can create your next project. Um, while we were on break, uh, Chris and uh, Chris, out what generation Chris and Chris were trying to figure out what generation. What, what generation are we? Right. That's a true sign that the generation, the most recent one, you are not a part yeah, of. Yeah, not in that one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I do a great deal of, of study with that at work. We um, we do a lot of studying with the different generations, and what we're finding is that. We're technically the three of us are Gen Xers. Okay. But we're like the late Gen Xers. And we're spilling into the millennials. Spilling right? the millennials, but we're not quite all millennial. Like right. we 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 look at them and still shake our head a little bit. Yeah. But then at the same time, we look at the, the baby boomers and like y'all need Sheesh. to Yeah, y'all need to y'all need to get it together. Right. <laughs> Come on with us. And then the generation Zers though are like our high schoolers and college folk. Okay. So like your kids. I was going to say, your so my son's Z. Z. And they are either. not millennials. Okay. And they even, while they have millennial-ish ways, they're actually a little more old school in their thinking. And really? Yeah. Okay. This is a whole nother topic. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So speaking year. of millennials, <laughs> um, and also just some, a little known fact, that a couple days ago, I celebrated my eight-year finaliversary uh, for Biggest Loser. I like that. Right? Uh, for the anniversary, eight years ago, we our, our finale aired on national television mm. uh, where people got to see um, the, oh, shoot, how many of us was it? It was 18 of us with the kids. Well, anyway, <laughs> one of my castmates okay. has agreed to come on and just talk and celebrate our anniversary. We called a baby girl amongst the, amongst the ranks, so... Alex Reed, what's up, my friend? Good morning. Good morning, brother. How are you? <laughs> I am so, oh my gosh, it is so good to hear your voice. I know, likewise, likewise it's been way too long, way too long. <laughs> we're going to have to do another show where we're going to actually have to have the whole gang, as many of them that are available to call in. But I had to, you know, you and I, I mean, through the last eight years, Listen, we, we can we can share these things because we're not on contract anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was one of those things I got eliminated before she did. And um and so when she got home, I was one of the first people she texted. <laughs> if not one of the first, probably the first person I text once I made it home. <laughs> because people don't understand is uh, y'all see the things on TV, but y'all don't understand those eliminations are are not they're they're rough. Like they 
Woo, they, 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 they have their moments. Okay. <laughs> yes, the emotions that you see during the elimination process or during the elimination uh, episodes, those emotions are real. Oh, they're real. 100% real. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They're real. So, but hey, we don't, you know, listen, that was a blip in our lives. Um, it was a moment that, uh, you know, I am forever grateful for. But um, I wanted to just spend some time just, just Alex... So Alex, you and I were one of the what? Shoot, one of the four black people. Actually, our team, our our cast was pretty diverse. It was, it was. It was. I think when it comes to what you and I, and then of course we had Jeff and yes, Francelina. Francelina, that's right. And right. Um, and I think you and Francelina. I think Francie was known as the other black girl, right? The other black girl. <laughs> she was a little Dominican in there. She so was we Dominican. Got the other black girl. Oh, I was going to say, how did she get? You know. Switch to the other black girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but then the funnier part about it was Jeff, Alex, and I were on the same team originally. Like, so they had all the black folk on one team. It was, it was like, but then we also had TC because TC is Hispanic, right? Um, right. So we, I mean, we had a lot, we had a lot of stuff going on. But, but anyway, um, Alex, you know, Alex and I have been through a lot. You know, she's just, uh, I'm just, I was so proud of her anyway uh, because she came in with a lot of stuff. So, Alex, talk to us a little bit. What are you up to these days? Um, well, you know what? Just trying to maintain. I'm actually going to celebrate my 33rd birthday in about two weeks. Wow. Um, you know, we're both Aries, Mike. That's right. Um, That's right. One. My big brother. So just trying to maintain, you know, now that we're on the other side, or I think hopefully we're on the other side of COVID, mm -hmm. just trying to get back to some type of normalcy. Yeah. You know, like you said, being on the television show was an amazing opportunity mm -hmm. Um, I will forever be grateful for it, but real life happens mm -hmm. after you're on a reality show like that, you know, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and it was just about trying to figure out that balance, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what, what works for me. Mm -hmm. um, with my career and stuff, I'm in property management. Uh, so I'm like a regional property manager where I travel around throughout the rural South, probably about five days a week. Okay. So going back to working full time, traveling on an airplane, trying to figure out healthy eating habits or maintaining some type of workout regime, that just wasn't working nope. at the time. Mm -mm. It wasn't. And it I'm wasn't. just going to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some things that, that you, and I'm putting you on the spot here, what are some things that you know now that had you known it, you know, when you were going through the show, you would have done things a little differently? Um, I think it, let, let's keep it real. And mm -hmm. I think it's a pretty hot topic right now. Focusing on your mental health. Mm -hmm. That's key. Mm -hmm. I wish honestly on the show, we would have put more focus on our mental health mm -hmm. because a lot of times when we have those eating disorders or when we struggle with weight problems, it stems from some type of emotional trigger. That's right. That's right. So that's really one of the things I've tried to focus on, not so much the weight and the scale, but my mental health. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. recently got a therapist. So within the past year, I've been in therapy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that's definitely helped with the fitness side of things. So that's one of the things I wish I would have known then to really tap into those emotions to figure out what was triggering this to begin with. And to be clear, so, so the people know this, we did have access to a therapist and a nutritionist when we were, when we were on our season. I can't speak to we all did. the other seasons. I cannot. I can speak to ours, uh -huh. and so we did have access to Dr. Hogan. Was great. Um, he made himself available, 
But I'll be honest with you, I didn't take it as seriously as I probably should have. You know, I really I did. didn't. I didn't take it as serious as I probably shouldn't have. Matter of fact, I think I used those times to kind of complain about how we were being treated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was eight years ago, though, right? It was eight years I ago. I mean, and I think at this point, eight years is, is almost a decade. And I, I think that's probably right around the time when everybody, it started becoming a hot button issue that, that therapy wasn't taboo. It wasn't a thing that we should be afraid of. Or, you know, that was negative. Chris, that's why I keep you on this team. Oh, well, thank you. I needed some reason to be around. <laughs> that's why I keep you on this team. I'm just saying. I mean, that was that was that was a good word right there. That's good. That that was real true, and you're right about that. That's I got good. a good teacher I'm learning from, bro. <laughs> Alex, tell okay, let's talk to the people about what was one of your favorite moments when we were on when we were when we were on um when we were on set. What was one of your favorite moments? I think one of my favorite moments was probably our first challenge. I think it was the bubble gum the, challenge. Oh, that wasn't the first. That was, the bubble gum? You talking about the, the thing at night? Yeah, the bubble gum. Oh, that wasn't the first challenge, but that was a mess. But go ahead. That was well, your it favorite? Was a mess. And I think it was the first time I realized, like, what the heck <laughs> did I just get myself into? Because we were in a pit. Of, <laughs> I don't know what type of concoction they had oh. put together. I don't know what this mixture was, oh. but it was the first time I think I saw myself struggle. Alex. I saw Hefe struggle, and I saw you, Big oh. struggle, trying to maneuver oh. our way through this pit oh. of sticky mess. Oh. And I remember crying, but I couldn't remember if it was like <laughs> tears of laughter or tears of like, Am I going to make it through this thing? I don't think I'm going to survive. Y'all don't understand. So they told us we were having our challenge at the middle of the night. We had all day to just sit and wait. What is this challenge going to be? Mm. And what people don't know is that they actually have people who are like, I guess I call them our stunt doubles, who were like us, and they tested mm -hmm. the challenge before we do it. That's for editing purposes. Yeah, so they well, also just to make right. sure it works. Okay, that too. Right. Yeah. So they had this thing with these people. They did the challenge like in the, the heat of the day, so it was hot. Like it was warm out. There was this gooey substance. It was supposed to imitate us going through bubble gum at a fair, and then we had to go to a bubble gum machine, get a medicine ball out, and they had to crawl back through it. It was a whole lot of of mess. And so by the time it got to us, it was late at night, and the stuff had hardened. <laughs> and literally, I think it was, I forget who the first person that ran out, they ran out to jump into the gum, and they bounced. That was me. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that, you, yes you, bounced. <laughs> you bounced. You bounced. And I said, oh, no. And I, as a matter of fact, I think if it wasn't for the fact it was on national television, they probably would have heard me cuss, because I think I did. Yes. Because I said, oh, ain't no way. And I remember getting in that stuff, and I said, oh, this ain't this ain't work. I got a confession though. I acted like my knee got tweaked. It didn't get tweaked. I knew oh! it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm Alex, like, it didn't get tweaked. I said I acted like listen, that, listen, I did. I did. I did not like challenges. And you know, and at the time we thought that you didn't want to win a challenge anyway, because it, it was bad luck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> were the challenges were the challenges just designed to push you or was it? They were, goal, they, like, they were designed for TV. Okay. 
Okay. It's just entertainment. Okay, I was going to label this album for TV. Or did, did you get <laughs> an actual for two. And here's the other part. I'm not trying to label on this one. So that was her favorite moment. That was my worst. So after <laughs> it was over, we had this gum on us, uh-huh. and they were going to hose us down with a water truck. Uh-huh. They hosed us down, and the stuff got worse. That's abuse. Mm. That's abuse. Oh, you don't understand. That's so, it's reality TV. That's rea- that's y'all think this reality real. TV? Nah, this wasn't Housewives yeah. of Atlanta. This was Biggest Loser. And then the worst part was you had to get out of this. So we're in all these compression stuff, and I didn't even care. They cut me out of it with scissors. <laughs> I was butterball naked oh, outside the house. Outside this is the house. Was my favorite part, uh, the aftermath. Oh, Again, it I took know about the crying tears of It took 50 laughter. minutes to get the stuff off of you in the shower. Oh. And for two days, I still was getting it off my ears. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So, Alex, that was your favorite challenge, even though you, you, you it bounced? It was. Okay. It was, and I think it was my favorite moment because it, it, it was actually, I think it was a challenge where we all started kind of opening up and realizing yeah. that in order to get through this process, yeah, because we didn't have family, we didn't have friends, we didn't have yep. access to any outside type of media, social media, we knew that in order to get through this process, we need each other. Yeah. And from that moment on, I knew if it weren't for Jeff as well, but for my big brother, Mike, Oh. I knew I was gonna have to lean on him to get through this oh. process. There oh was no way I could make it through without you, Alex. Man, I tell you what, I I think the world of you, and and, and so we, so everybody knows, the for the most part, we're all pretty close. Um, right. You know, we make it, it, people did what they had to do to to make it through the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody had their own reasons for why they did the show, mm-hmm. and so you know, eight here eight years. There's no, I don't have any hard feelings, and I don't, I definitely don't think you do as well, Alex. Um, but I, we're all family for life, but it was so good to catch up with you. And uh, thank you for hanging out with us for a few minutes. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I, you know, I am so proud of you, Mike. Well, oh. Dr. Mike, let me, <laughs> let me address you properly. It's I am so proud of you, Dr. Mike, oh. and what you have done with your platform and what you continue to do. And you inspire me every day as always. Feeling is mutual, baby girl. Feeling is mutual. I'll holler at you offline. Talk to you later. Love you. Okay, thank y'all. Have a good one. Have a good one. Bye. Follow the Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Uh, wow, that was fun. That actually, that did something to me, y'all. That was... Yeah, because you was bouncing around in gum. Bouncing around in gum. <laughs> man, oh man. Hey, y'all, I got to tell y'all, as always, it's great to hang out with you. You want to be here next week? Because our head to head is going to be oh, epic. Oh my goodness! It's going to be fun. It's mm. going to be a fun head to head. Please, I'm telling you. Watch, watch out social media, Headspace DM on Instagram and Facebook, because we want you to participate in our head to head somehow. And so be on the lookout for that. With that being said, I wish you all many God's blessings. May His peace surround you as you go through this week. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. And see you next week. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their Headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week.